the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Notes and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. I apologize for Alex Ferrario during this segment. He has been lost at sea. He is overlooking at discount Amazon items right now. Let me tell you something. I I saw something on there a year ago, and it was patio furniture, and I said I should get this, and I talked myself out of it. I've never seen it again, and I am so frustrated with myself. So if you are wondering, hey, why did Alex feel like he didn't hear what the last question was? That's why. We've lost him. He's gone. He's gone for the segment. I found a $19 ice bath to get. So, like, (laughs) I might be buying it. So I'll let you handle JR for the next five minutes. So we are joined now. Jeremy Rutherford is going to save us here in this segment. He's the Blues Insider for The Athletic. He was down talking to some of the players uh, at today's practice at training camp. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. Let's start with the big story from today's uh, practice, which was Tory Krug speaking to the media for the first time since the reported trade that was going to send him to Philadelphia was nixed via his no-trade clause. What did you make of Tory Krug's comments today about why he decided to stay here? Yeah, it was interesting to talk to Tory for the first time, and people might be wondering, well, this happened in the off season. Why is it taking so long to hear from Tory Krug? And you know, I offered Tory a chance in the summer to talk to him about what transpired, and he declined. And obviously, knew that once he got to camp, uh, it would be a conversation that that the media would have with him and. He's been injured, so uh, it didn't happen on the first week of camp. But today we did get a chance to talk to him and ask him all the pertinent questions about uh, the Blues trying to trade him to Philadelphia. He, of course, invoked that no-trade clause. And what Tory said today, guys, as you probably uh, went over already, is that uh, his heart is here. He wants to be a St. Louis Blue, and he wants to be part of the solution. And he obviously cited uh, family reasons. He's got uh, three young kids and and uh, didn't want to be on the move. But more importantly, like he said, when he signed here, signed a seven-year contract to be in St. Louis, uh, he wants to be part of this team. So we talked to a couple teammates. They're glad to have him. And uh, Torrey, after being a little bit banged up last year and now starting this year, with an injury as well, is ready to get back into uh, helping this team. Side note, Jerry, I found an electric toothbrush for you, buddy. If you need it, it's $20 on Amazon. <laughs> Let me know if you want me to buy that for you. Uh, in ter- uh, in ter- are you saying my teeth are yellow? <laughs> just, just the breath, my man, just the breath when we talk, but it's not oh a big God. deal. Um, when when Tory Krug returns, and he and Doug Armstrong both kind of noted that the, they're hoping he could play in a couple of exhibition games, Health, of course, is the most important factor in all of this. But if so, what can he be for this Blues team? Well, you know what? Something I think was uncovered uh, today in his conversation, and this tends to happen with injuries. Uh, Alex, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but he mentioned today that he had 
shoulder surgery last off season, a, a year ago, leading into uh, a year last season. And so um, that's something that you know can be kept under wraps if, if the team doesn't bring up, bring it up, if the player doesn't bring it up. So now you go back to last season and you look at a player who is coming into uh, training camp and then the regular season uh, after rehabbing a uh, shoulder surgery. And, and so, you know, that's not an excuse. And he was the first person to say that today that uh, everybody's playing with injuries, but you look back to last season and, you know, coming off the shoulder and then also uh, he gets hit in the foot with a, a puck, I believe around Christmas time and missed some time after that. Uh, Tory Krug played a little bit banged up last year. And, and I think that you look at that defense as a whole, Alex, it didn't play well. Tory Krug was, for lack of a better term, the, the poster boy of uh, defensemen that didn't play well for the Blues last year. And you can't look at the injuries. He's just got to be better. And now he's invoked that no-trade clause. He says he wants to be part of the solution. And now he has to be. So now it's going to be on him uh, to play better. So I think when you look at uh, the words that he said today, hey, it's, it's all great, it's fine and dandy, uh, but that's not going to take him out of the spotlight. In fact, it's probably going to increase it as we get the season started and he gets out there, he's got to be a big part of this. If he wants to stick around and, and see the last four years of this contract with the St. Louis blues without hearing more trade talk and perhaps even the blues coming to him, asking him to wave again. Jerry, I don't remember finding out about that shoulder surgery. I mean, I just kind of looked it up and the last time that it's noted he had shoulder surgery was when he was with Boston in that 2015, 2016 season. And I mean, you're talking about a guy who went from a 40 point player to a 50 point player the next three seasons after that surgery. Yeah, for sure. And, and we remember that hit that uh, I think he went to deliver the check. It was the season before. In the playoffs, and then he missed right? Some time. Yeah, in the playoffs. And then he didn't make it back for the end of that year. And then uh, it would have been shoulder surgery following that injury that season, of course. So, you know, that's something that hadn't been noted by the team or by him, which isn't completely uncommon, but it was something, like I said, uncovered today. He brought it up himself talking about last season. Hmm. We're talking to Jeremy Rutherford here on 101 ESPN. Uh, JR, the other big story at camp right now is the size of the team. And you have a really good piece on this over at The Athletic that people can go over there to find. I, I am curious, though, when you when you look at the size of the team, I was going back through. We talked about this a little bit off air. You think about who's actually been replaced and whether it's physicality or size. Yeah, I guess you could go both sides of this thing with it. But like Kevin Hayes has replaced Ryan O'Reilly. Kapanen has replaced Barbie. Vrana has replaced Tarasenko. Blay has replaced Walker. And then you're replacing Achari um, with Oscar Sundquist. Have they gotten significantly more physical? Like They're bigger. Have they gotten significantly more physical in your mind? No, so that's the thing. And, and I think it's going to be more what Craig Ruby is preaching and what the players are hearing and whether they're following through with it and, and executing that type of uh, game plan. So it's a great point by you because you know, I think that you can look at the turnover of the roster from year to year, and I did that for this article that's up at The Athletic. You look at, you know, a couple of years ago, a Kyle Clifford, a Clem Costin, a Dakota Joshua. You know, you're probably not talking about much difference in terms of the type of player or the physicality from these guys. That's why you look at last year, and they were pretty physical, but for whatever reason, you know, they, they weren't doing what Craig Bruby and the coaching staff needed them to do. And, and, and obviously when things snowball with the eight-game losing streak, you know, it, it's tough to get back onto your game. They didn't do it. Uh, but I think when you look at this season, some of these names that you just talked about, a couple of them, yeah, they're not as physical as the players who left last year, especially when you look at like an Achari. Uh, so we're going to have to see what happens. Hey, it's great to have turnover. The guys didn't get it done last year. Perhaps these new guys will. But I think big picture it's going to be the, the bottom line is going to be 
do they get the message? Do they execute it as opposed to this particular run? Jared, we got your – you still there? Yep. <laughs> He's at Centene, maybe, getting into that cellar where you're trying to walk out <laughs> of there. there, buddy. We certainly get a bad cell area there. Jared, to that point, is that going to be the difference of those couple of fringe players making this roster out of camp if they're – Adhering to what Craig Berube is preaching, and I'm thinking of guys like you know Nathan Walker, Mackenzie McEachern, or Nick Ritchie. Like, is that what's going to make this squad? Yeah, it's it's, it's a fair question. You know, if guys are doing what the coaching staff wants, you know, are they going to have have a leg up regardless of kind of their standing? And you know, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case though, because you you look at the roster; it's fairly well set. You're kind of you're going to see two lines tonight that I think are going to be uh, what you'll see on opening night when you talk about Saad and and Kapanen. You're also going to see Vrana with Hayes and Blay. I mean, those are two potential opening night lines. And then you look at the uh, fourth line potential. Sunquist and Torpchenko are going to play together tonight. They're going to have Richie. You know, does Richie make the team? You know, I think when you look at guys like McEachern and Walker, those are 13th, 14th guys at this point, regardless of how much they show and a willingness to forecheck and, and get things done. So, uh, to me, you know, I, I, there's still a little bit to play out here in training camp. Still got, what, six games or so. Uh, but I think that the, the Blues like who they like, and they're going to see what they get from them the rest of the camp. And, and, and I think that these are going to be the guys they go with. And, and I think they're just going to have to adhere to the program if they want to be a part of it. As a follow-up to that, JR, how much are waivers going to play into the roster decisions that are made? We talked about this last week when I was in um, about Tyler Tucker and some of the fourth-line decisions and whether or not guys that are not roster or wa- waivers exempt, maybe they stick around a little longer to just keep them here. How, how do you view that? Yeah, it's kind of funny because today uh, we had Craig Bruby for a few minutes and uh, obviously Scott Perinovich had a great game the other night and we've talked about his waiver situation. Could he be a guy that goes to Springfield because uh, he doesn't uh, need the waivers? And I asked Craig Bruby, uh, how's that defensive competition five, six, seven, eight D guys shaping up? And he just responded quickly with the, hey, listen, it's too early, boys. It's too early. So uh, yeah. <laughs> He, he didn't want to give any insight to, to how's that, how that's shaping up. I mean, it definitely is going to play a role, I think, in their decision-making. But to me, what I keep looking at, let's just zero in on a guy like Perinovich. Hey, does it make the most sense for him to go to Springfield uh, because other guys need waivers? I, I suppose. But you need guys playing like, like him playing, and he played well the other night. And so he's a part of your future. Is Marco Scandella a part of your future for the next season? He is, and you're going to need him. You're going to need him in the lineup in terms of the PK and things like that. But regardless of the waiver situation, what I'm looking at is who's going to be part of this organization for the next couple of years. Who do you need to play well? And if you identify those guys, and Scott Brinovich is one of those guys, he's got to be here, and he's got to be playing well regardless of the waiver situation. All right, JR, we'll get you out of here on this. I saw your quote yesterday from Craig Burby on uh, Zachary Bolduke and what he needs to see from him the rest of training camp. I, I wasn't sure if you just copied and pasted uh, what he said about him from a year ago because it sure sounds very <laughs> similar. What was your impression that you got from from Craig Burby on what they've seen so far from Bolduke and how far he still needs to go to be the player that they want him to be? Yeah, probably still a ways, but I think it's a situation where you got a young prospect who's a skilled guy. Uh, look, 105 goals the last two years combined with his junior team, and he comes up here, and you know you're not going to play in the top six in the NHL on this team right now if you're Zach Bolduke. So you know where do you find your role? Is it going to be third, fourth line to start out? It probably is. And BK, if you're going to play that role, you got to get inside. You just have to. And he's not accustomed to that 
type of role. He tried to do it a little bit more uh, this year in his junior hockey league. Uh, so you're going to have to see improvement from that area, and you're right. I think that's something that we've heard from Craig Ruby about Bull Duke, and it's all up to these young guys to get that message. If he wants to be in the NHL, he's going to have to show Craig Ruby exactly uh, what he mentioned in that comment about getting to the inside a lot more. He's Jeremy Rutherford. You can read his work over at The Athletic. He's got a great piece that went up earlier today on the size of the St. Louis Blues and trying to get back a little bit to that 2019 identity, at least from that perspective. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk with you again next week. All right, boys. Thanks.